Welcome back. You're listening to the Sis You're Doing Okay podcast, a space where we have honest conversations about motherhood, mental health, sisterhood, and faith. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm so glad you chose to join me today. Hey, sis. Thank you for joining me for another week of the podcast. How was your weekend? I hope you had a great time this weekend and a wonderful week last week. This weekend, I celebrated 17 years of marriage. Yay! And um, we sent the kids away to grandma and we were alone for three days. It was basically paradise. Um, The really cool thing, well, it's not really cool, but on our way home from dropping the kids off at grandma's, my van started to make weird noises. So on the day of our anniversary, which which was the Saturday... My husband had to take the van to the mechanic shop, which meant I was home by myself basically the entire day. And for a hardcore introvert like me, you, there are no words for how restful that time was. It was like an extra treat this weekend. And so last week I wasn't feeling all that great. And because I'm, it is my mission to be super honest and transparent with you. I'm going to bring you the high times and the low times. And last week was a low time, but this week, girl, I am rested and rejuvenated. I am, I feel, I feel like a new person. It's amazing what three days can do. Anyway, let's talk about last week's show. Um, I had Annie on the show. She was sharing her story about um, her life with a condition called PMDD. So many people reached out to me after that episode saying that they had never even heard of that condition. So it was so it was, I was so grateful to have been able to have Annie on, um, sharing honestly and also bringing awareness to this condition that many people are living with and maybe not even aware of it. Also on my Instagram at sis, you're doing okay. I, I shared a post about PMS versus PMDD and gave a list of symptoms. Um, so if you're feeling like you're experiencing a little bit more than PMS, it's worthwhile to look into that symptom list. So this week I have another guest. Her name is Colleen Blake Miller. She is a registered psychotherapist. As you guys know, there are a few things that I can discuss at length. Uh, two of them are mental health and faith. And this conversation is an intersection of both. This week she shares her story about what led her into this profession. She also shares, uh, close to the end of the uh, conversation, a difficult decision that she had to make in her early 20s. So you're going to stick around to hear that and how she recovered from it. This week is like a perspective from the other side of the couch. Um, I thought it would be cool to share with you where the idea of the couch came from whenever we think about therapy. So, Um, many people know Sigmund Freud, people call him the father of psychotherapy. Um, when he started out his career, he started off as a hypnotist and he wasn't a very good one. Number one, because he was not very patient. And number two, he would interrupt his patients as they were trying to open up or get into a state of hypnosis, which would basically kill the vibe and they wouldn't open up to him. So he had this grand idea where he'd bring a couch in so that he could promote comfort. And guess what? 
it worked. So what would happen is that he would have his patients lay down on this comfy couch and they would be so comfortable that they would let their guard down and begin just speaking freely. And that gave birth to the type of therapy known as psychoanalysis. So in long and short, psychoanalysis was birthed on a big comfy couch. (laughs) I thought that was cool and I wanted to share that with you. But anyway, let us get into this very vibrant conversation with Colleen Blake Miller, a registered psychotherapist. Hi, Colleen. Hey, Desiree. How are you? I am doing okay. That's good. Sis, you're doing okay. That's great. That's good. <laughs> so um, I typically ask this question to all of my, um, I was going to say clients, I should guests. Um, uh-huh. And it's a very simple question. It's just kind of like a check-in. Um, how are you feeling in this very moment? Like in your mind, in your spirit, in your emotions, like your body, how do you feel? Hmm. Um. I, to be honest, tired. Mm-hmm. Um. Tired and feeling like I could do with a nap right about oh, now. Yeah. Um. I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about about that. You know, it's sort of like uh, things are kind of catching up. Mm-hmm. Um. Catching up with me. Um. Yeah. So hopefully I can get a nap at some point today. <laughs> I hope so. Cause I mean, yes. naps, naps are like a ministry all in their all in itself. <laughs> I, I am, I am really good at the 20 minute power nap. Like really? that, that's all I need to just be rejuvenated. Yeah. 20, 25 minutes. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. See, and I'm the opposite because I hate power napping because for me, uh-huh. it's like you have like this really great meal and you only get mm-hmm. to taste a piece of it. <laughs> like for me, I want to go in on that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I hear that. Um, so, Colleen, I am so glad that you said yes to joining me on the show. Um, for those of you who don't know Colleen, uh, she is a registered psychotherapist and she delivers your daily dose of encouragement on Instagram. Um, I'm going to give you all the information on how you can find her at the end of the show, but we're going to start, um, we're going to be having a conversation about basically what you do mm-hmm. and why you do it. Mm-hmm. So before we get into that, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and a little bit of what you do? Okay. So, um, my name is Colleen, as you know. Um, I am a, a mother of four, um, a wife of almost 15 years. Come mm-hmm. September, we'll be celebrating 15 years. Uh, I'm a sister. I'm a middle child. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. All the, all the middle, all the middle children know what yeah. that means. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm just a lover of uh, a lover of God, mm-hmm. and I love to support folks and encourage. That mm-hmm. is, I would say, if I had a superpower, encouragement would be that. Um, always want to leave someone feeling um, a little bit better, a little bit lighter after having an interaction with me. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit of who I am as a person. Uh, professionally, I I am privileged to work with individuals, couples, and families as they navigate through challenging seasons of life and work on 
discovering the pathway to um, healthier, you know, selves, healthier life, have healthier um, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Mm. that's what I, what I do professionally. Amazing. Um, So if you could um, hire someone to help you, this is very Mm -hmm. random. It's going to sound so random asking right after. (laughs) If you could ask, if you could hire someone to help you, to do something around your house, what would it be? Cleaning, cooking, or yard work? Hmm. Um, I would, I would say, I, I, if I could, I would do all three. But uh-huh. if I had to choose, I would choose the cleaning because for me, um, when my space is uh, disorganized or messy, mm-hmm. that is reflected in how I feel in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I would put my money on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm with you. All three would be nice. Like if I could yeah. get like a little package deal or something. Oh, like yeah. That. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd want to know what the package deal is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, I would pick cooking because I don't really love cooking. No. I can clean if people would stay out of my way and clean and let me clean and then just leave yeah. it clean. Yeah. I would be the yeah. happiest. But mm-hmm. what? Anyway, so what motivates you to work so hard? Because you are a hard worker. I can see that. Um, hmm. I think just wanting to be a good steward of the things that God's given me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about for anyone who's familiar with the parable where uh, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And it, he says it's like a master who's given his servants talents Mm -hmm. and one he gives five another he gives two and then when he gives one and at the end of the day um he's really really um disgusted with the one who took the talent and buried it and didn't really do anything didn't Mm -hmm. um work it um and the message given to the other servants who took what they had and multiplied it was well done, my good mm-hmm. and faithful servant. And so that's what I long to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe mm-hmm. we have all been given um, a certain amount of gifts. And I want to, I mean, getting validation and being, you know, like getting the applause here yeah. Yeah. Um, from others. Yeah, I guess it feels good. But at the end of the day, if the master <laughs> yeah. Yeah. isn't pleased, that is what causes me to feel, you know, concerned. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, okay. On a scale of one to 10, Mm -hmm. how how funny would you say you are? Oh my goodness. Hmm. I wish I could say confidently that I was a 10. Uh That's my goal. (laughs) Okay. You know, I I have a goal. I, I, I secretly would love to be, like a stand-up comedian. Really? You know, to be, oh, yes. I love a good <laughs> laugh. Oh, I love to laugh and I love to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. But that's a skill. Like, that is a skill. I have yeah. listened to enough, um, you know, uh, you know those uh, documentaries and they interview the comedians. They, they put yeah. a lot of work in to, like, yeah. fat, like, just weave those sketches and pieces together. So, but I think I would say, like, I'm at least a seven and a half or an eight. I think, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take it. You know, (laughs) I, I, I accept that it's, you can't be funny all the time because 
especially in the work that I do, you know, you have to be serious. Yeah. <laughs> but I say, you know, at least once in a session, we'll laugh. Okay, that's good. <laughs> if, not, that's... if not a few times, yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. at least you know how to loosen things up if you need to. Mm-hmm. So that's we good. all need to. Yeah, yeah, we need it. Oh, I mean, laughter is good medicine, right? So It is. It really is. What would you say is your biggest fear? Um, I think it goes back to the whole working hard thing <laughs> to feel like I've not done what was expected of me. And mm-hmm. I am uh, a woman of faith. I'm a Christian woman. And my faith is, is the thing that you know, directs my life and the decisions that I make. And that's like the, the measuring stick, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I, that's what I look at my life and I say, okay, is this, am I lining up with what is expected of me or what's being, what, yeah, what's, I would say like been assigned to me. Mm -hmm. So my, my fear is that I would not accomplish what it is that, that God really wants of me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you know what? I'll, I'll take that back. Cause maybe that puts too much pressure on me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that it's, you know, it's, he's, you're able to do what you do because of him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the mismanagement of what he's given me. Okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. Yeah. Colleen's got it twisted and I'm over here pursuing like, um, ballet or something. Yeah. It's like, but you're supposed to be supporting, <laughs> you know, families in crisis. What are you doing? Get out of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. get out of there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a big, that's a big one. I it's, it's hard sometimes to know, like, because we do these things as we think we're supposed to. And mm-hmm. then sometimes it's like, um, God's like, um, what are you doing over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm supposed to be over here. But I think mm-hmm. once we're, we're we're sensitive and and listening for his guiding, we eventually get back to the yes. middle. Yes, um, yes, I agree. So, what is something that most people don't know about you that if they did know about you, they'd be surprised by it? Mm, not a lot, because I'm very open. Okay. I'm a very transparent person. If you spend time with me, um, I love telling stories, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the part of, you know, making people laugh. I'm very dramatic as I tell my stories. Um, I I really love, uh, I love salsa dancing. Um, there was a season where I did that more frequently in my younger years, mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. days. Um, if I, if I wasn't doing what I am doing now, I would 100% want to be like on the stage acting. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Like if I had, you know, an opportunity to just like be in a show or that would be on stage or, you know, in front of the camera, I would, I would, I would love that opportunity. There's a part of me that I, I recognize there's a part of me that is just like, um, misses the stage. Cause I did a lot of acting when I was, you know, younger and uh-huh, in uh-huh. school and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so, you know what it's, uh, this happens to every single, um, 
interview where I'm sitting listening to the person answer the question and I'm just like, this is why I want to be friends with this person. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. (laughs) And it's so often, so often there are so many similarities and I guess that's what brings people together, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's something about you that drew me to you Mm -hmm. and now I'm realizing what it was because I love, I love being on the stage. I love performing. Mm. When I tell stories, I get into that story. I enact the, the what other way is there right (laughs) how else do you tell a story what's the point what's the point (laughs) you have to feel it if if we're not you're not feeling it then what's the point of the story that's right that's right so let's talk about a little bit of your professional work Mm -hmm. how long have you been practicing um so may it makes it 14 years that i've uh, been in private practice Mm -hmm. i began I graduated in 2006, and then the following year, I had uh, launched my practice. Mm -hmm. I did that part-time because being young, I just assumed, I and two, when I was being kind of given guidance while I was doing my my studies, I was encouraged to work at you know, various organizations before kind of getting, you know, settled and all those kinds of things, developing skills before launching out in private practice. I always knew that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three years ago, uh, June 1st will be three years officially that I've been in my private practice full time. Wow. So yeah, so many years. Yeah, it's been uh, many, many years. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Were you, you scared having your own private practice or was that always the goal? It was always the goal, but yeah. definitely scary to let go of the um, consistent check every two weeks in your bank account, mm-hmm. the sick days, the vacation days, mm-hmm. um, you know, the just that that security of um like a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. But I figured after I turned 40, um, it was like, if I'm not gonna, if I don't have the courage to do this now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Mm -hmm. launch out, you know, into the deep now, when am I gonna, when is it, when am I gonna have the courage to do it? Mm -hmm. And um, no regrets. There's still so much that I am learning and so much that I need to still learn, Mm -hmm. but it's, it is um, a joy. It's, it's a pleasure. I I knew that I knew that it, I knew that I would have said to myself, I should have done this sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yeah, for sure. I I, I probably could have done it sooner, Um, but it is what it is. And I'm just really happy to be here where I am now. That's amazing. So I was, um, I think I was listening. I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to, but they had Christine Kainan, who's Dr. Anita. I always talk about Dr. Anita on this show. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> one day I'd like her to be on my hey. show. Hey, just, just saying. <laughs> but um, Christine Kane was saying, you know, I didn't start doing what I'm doing till I was 40. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes we think, oh, 40 is so, too late to start. But how about mm-hmm. most people actually start? I don't know about what it is when you cross that threshold of 40. <laughs> it's like like a whole new life is birthed out of being 40. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, 
I don't know, maybe things just make more sense. Like Mm -hmm. we have all these really fantastic ideas in our twenties In our thirties, we're still trying to figure out who we are. By the time we get to 40, for most people, you're kind of more settled and you have more Mm -hmm. direction um, and with more resources. And it's like 40 must be the ideal time to start these big ventures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So listen, all you people under 40, don't despise the forties. It's a good thing. No, 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 (laughs) no. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole new world that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful so to hear. So what is, who, how would you describe your ideal client? Um, okay, my ideal client is someone who is, um, they can acknowledge that things are not working well, things have gotten away from them. Mm-hmm. In whatever capacity, whatever area it is in their life. And someone who is ready to do the work, ready to talk, ready to come with their stuff. They may not be ready to come with all their stuff, but at least some of their stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And someone who, well, someone who I think appreciates um, my style, you know, not every therapist is, is for every client, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just certain, certain things that allow it to be a better fit for some than others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you find uh, someone who you just organically, the, you click just maybe the way that you, um, you know, sort of share your thoughts with them, or it's not so much your thoughts as much as you're kind of retelling them what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. And you say it in a way that even just you, you know, sharing that back, regurgitating it in the way that, you know, from your language, they're like, oh my goodness, that's yes. You know, just, just this organic kind of clicking, I think that that is something that you cannot, you can't just go to school to figure out mm-hmm. that it just sometimes in some, in some sense, in some ways it just naturally happens or it doesn't. Right. So um, someone who is transparent and honest as well about their experience, you know, in the therapeutic relationship, Hey, Colleen, um, this is really helpful or this is not really helpful. You know, that suggestion that you made or that piece of homework that you gave me, like that just went over my head. I don't get it. Like, or I don't like it. Yeah. Just someone who can be honest in our in our time together for sure. But definitely somebody who can acknowledge things are not um going in a way that's that that is helpful and someone who is ready to do to do their to do their work and who feels like the therapeutic relationship with me is a great fit for them. Mm-hmm. So would you mm-hmm. say that you are more of directive or guiding style? So I think that there comes times when you may need to be more directive, mm-hmm. but I do have, I, I, I have, I believe that the solutions that are best for you, Desiree, mm-hmm. are within you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe, um, that we have all, um, 
been created by God, even, even for individuals who don't identify any, you know, spirituality or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even don't even acknowledge God. I, I believe mm-hmm. because I believe in God. I believe that he is connected mm-hmm. to you and he is communicating and speaking to you and, and, and dropping those gems and nuggets as far as what you need. Mm-hmm. And so it's way more powerful for you to discover what solutions are necessary than for me to tell you, right? Yeah, this is, this is the direction. This is the way you are going to stick uh, with and probably follow through more with a solution that comes from within mm-hmm. than, than if someone just like shines that light for you mm-hmm. and, and tells you. And then two, when you are overly directive, um, then there can become this um, dependency on you as the guide, right. <laughs> you know, right. as the one that holds the light. And it's like, okay, I think it should be like this, but let me check with my therapist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I I want my clients to be empowered Mm -hmm. to grow in their confidence, their sense of awareness, their ability to know what is the right step to go. And then when they come and share with me, it's about celebrating Colleen, look at what I did and look at how Mm -hmm. it turned out. And and it's more, you know, I am a, 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 a witness that's walking alongside them, supporting them as they are making the moves versus, oh, you healed me. You know what I mean? Like that, right. it might feel good in a moment to hear that, but in the long run, it's not going to be the most beneficial for your client. That's right. And because uh, I'm thinking about it, because in, in that scenario, you become more of a crutch than that's a helper, right. right? And That's right. the whole goal is to uh, help somebody to be able to function on their own mm-hmm. um, rather than always needing that somebody to hold them up. And I love mm-hmm. that you said about shining a light and allowing them to get that from themselves, because sometimes let's just think about like, you know, you're sleeping and somebody comes and shines a flashlight on your face. You're not, you're not ready for that sometimes. <laughs> and it's offensive, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a more gentle um, process if you are able to find that within yourself rather mm-hmm. than having to be woken up uh, mm-hmm. by somebody telling you this is the way you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you say that you set up your counseling goals? What does that look like? So it's, uh, it's collaborative, okay. right? So it's something that we um, determine together. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that I ask on the intake form is for clients to tell me what it is you want to get out of this experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so we dig into that. Okay. So if that happened, you know, what would be different? How would, you know, what are the things you'd be doing more of? What would you be doing less of? As we dive into those, um, you know, like like making that ideal of theirs um, more practical, then we begin to say, okay, all right. So then we need to be setting some objectives and goals around around how to do more of this, how to do less of that Mm -hmm. and so on uh, and so on. You know, we, 
we begin with a therapeutic goal and then we continue to come back and see how we're doing. Right. And then we tweak it if needed um, or, you know, update it if it needs to, like if it's been addressed and then you realize, okay, I'm, I'm happy that I met that. And now what next? Mm-hmm. So therapeutic goals are really important, um, but they're done collaboratively together. So what that, what that, what that ultimately looks like is each person, right? Each client, their goal is unique to, to them. So it's not like a cookie cutter, you yes. know? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So oh, you come in with anxiety. All right. So this is what your therapeutic goal is going to be. You know, in my mind, of course, I've got a framework, some, you know, like based on the modalities that I use when I do my work, I have some ideas of, of, where I want to direct folks, but, or where I want to, you know, kind of ultimately support them to get to, but it's possible that we try, you know, we, we may try going in that direction and it's not a good fit. So we have to make adjustments and just see where that unfolds. Mm-hmm. And so um, do you have like a minimum amount of time that you would need to work with somebody or is it kind of dependent on what their goals are? Absolutely. Yeah. Depending on what their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, clients who have had one session and they've gotten what they need. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So, so it's, um, you know, very solution focused and it's, you know, I just need to figure this piece out. I need to get a little clarity around this. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't most, most clients would, um, be, you know, we'd be doing work a little, we'd be doing work longer than that. Mm-hmm. I have a mixture of clients who come, um, they may come for like, okay, I've got this one area that I may be in crisis, uh, in, or I'm dealing with a little bit of crisis in this area. And we just do some work with that. Or there might be, you know, a client, you know, when they're done with that, then they're, then they're done with therapy. But then there's others where it's like, no, this is a part of my self-care, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this is a part of my self-care plan for myself. And so every Wednesday at five o'clock, this is what I do for myself. And so that would be a more longer um, relationship. So everybody's scenario is, is a little bit, a little bit different. Okay. So have you been to therapy yourself? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So when I was studying, when I was doing my master's, it was a part of the requirement that we okay. had to experience being in, um, you know, the opposite uh, seat. Yeah. <laughs> and it was wonderful. I, I did, I worked with three different therapists mm-hmm. over my years of study and all incredible experiences. I did uh, my premarital counseling while I was um, while I was in my last year mm-hmm. of my master's, and then and then again, mm, maybe a few years into marriage, we we did some more mm-hmm. um, couple therapy. And um, I mean, it's 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 something that I think should always be on the table. Mm-hmm. Because who wouldn't benefit from carved out time 
just for you Mm -hmm. to figure out what you're doing with your life Mm -hmm. in areas that you're having a hard time with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, if you ask anybody who's spoken to me in the last like four to six months, I keep saying everybody should be in therapy. Everybody, mm-hmm. you don't have to be in crisis to, yeah. it's just a way of just, you know, getting a, a chance to just focus on you for a mm-hmm. bit. And mm-hmm. I don't think we do that enough as a society and, mm-hmm. and wonder why we're so scrambled. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome recently or in the recent past? Um, I think ugh, I'm still going through. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I have as anybody that follows me, um, who has followed me um over six, seven years, hears me talking about my weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always I'm just just always, you know, kind of figuring that out. And I feel like that's something that the 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 struggles and challenges with that, it's it spills out into so many areas of, of life. I find when I'm in a really good way in that, um, in that area, then I feel, um, stronger and more clear about other aspects of, of my life. It's like that thing, like you get the most bang for your buck Mm -hmm. when I am on top of my, uh, clean eating and like moving, you know, um, regularly and consistently, then I feel more in control in other areas of my life and and not just in control, but I feel like they're moving along in a really healthy and helpful way. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's an ongoing one for, for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, (laughs) okay. So I don't know anybody who doesn't follow Colleen, you might not know this, but Colleen goes for six K walks at close to midnight and (laughs) I'm just like committed, like next level. Because for me, I would be like, oh, it's 1130. Oh, just to get another workout. No, yeah, my girl yeah. puts her shoes on and goes outside <laughs> and walks for six kilometers in the dark. Why do uh, you do that? Why are you like that? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy working out. Okay. And um, I was having a conversation uh, with my chiropractor yesterday saying, you know what, I'm, because the weather is so much nicer, I'm out more. And so on the days that I can, I get a jog in, in the morning, I try to at least jog three days a week. Okay. And then the other days I will walk. And then too, the walking has become, you know, a way to maintain, you know, social connection. So I'll walk with my sister, I'll walk with a girlfriend. Mm. And so there's a big element of that too, because you know, we're, we're having conversations, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Over yeah, those yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't even feel like, oh, I'm on a walk. No, it's, it's, you know, I'm connecting with, okay. you know, people that I love. So um, it makes it easy in that way. Okay. So you're, a psychotherapist. What, were there any life experiences that led you to this line of work? <laughs> we interrupt this episode to bring a word from the host. As a mom of five who is homeschooling all five of those kids full time and pouring my love into creating content for this show, you can imagine that there are times when your girl needs a little boost. 
And coffee is basically one of my love languages. It's also my hashtag mom fuel. And if you would like to show your support for this show and its coffee-loving host, you can now buy me a coffee. How do you do that? Well, there's a link in the show notes that says, buy me a coffee. Tap on that. It'll take you to the land of coffee buying, where you can buy me three, five, one cup, any amount will be greatly appreciated. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me at Sister Doing Okay. Content creation is a labor of love, and I really love doing it. But I would also truly appreciate your love and support. So go ahead, tap those links because every cup helps. All right, let's get back into this conversation. I have always been fascinated about romantic relationships. Okay. I think that came out of <laughs> taking a really long time to find one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like this desperation yeah. to like find my person, um, you know, develop this intrigue in me to understand how relationships, loving relationships actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, I wonder if I, like, I wonder when I, you know, connect with someone and, and that part of my life, you know, I've, I've um, been able to experience that. I wonder if my passion will go away, but it hasn't thankfully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's that. And then my just, I think what God put in me, a desire to support people and encourage. And then too, there was like a natural thing that, that happened in my adolescent years and early adulthood, where a lot of friends seemed to come to me to talk about their stuff. Mm. And so that helped me to recognize that people, um, they value what I have to share and there's something about me that makes it easy for people to talk to, like they find safety in that. And Mm -hmm. so um, that has also been an encouragement to keep pressing in, in this area. Mm -hmm. It's funny because um, I'm hearing it and that kind of happened with me too. Like sometimes I'll talk to people and they just start saying things to me. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the conversation, they're just like, I don't know why I just told you all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know either, but okay, Mm -hmm. thanks for sharing. (laughs) Um, I think sometimes there are certain lines of work that I consider a calling. And I think that counseling is definitely a calling. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you just do for the money because Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lot of work, right? Um, so let's talk about that little romantic situation for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was perusing around on your Instagram because that's what I do. And I came across (laughs) a little story that you talked about an encounter that you had with your now husband Mm -hmm. um, and a decision that you had to make. Would you mind Mm -hmm. sharing that story? Yeah. So, so uh, 2002. Mm -hmm. So was that 18 years ago? Does that make it 18 years? Uh, don't I ask guess. me I'm math. I'm really bad with math. Not, <laughs> not math, words, not math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, ended up getting pregnant. I was about 24 at the time and made the decision to terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that was a really 
very rough time in in my life. Um, knowing my history about, you know, like this craving or longing for finding, you know, that person who loves you and wants to be with you mm-hmm. was it was a oh my goodness it was just this thing that weighed heavily on me since young young years mm-hmm. like young years mm-hmm. and so that it was a really unhealthy relationship okay um and and um you know i in the 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 instagram the the igtv that i had um shared, you know, it started off by saying the first time I heard I love you mm-hmm. was in the same sentence of, you know, we can't keep the baby. And that's the absolute mm-hmm. truth. And so mm-hmm. I, I found myself uh, torn because one, I knew that the, that pregnancy would just like destroy, well, I thought it would mm-hmm. destroy my family, which mm-hmm. I, I recognize now that was a lie. My father, mm-hmm. uh, just to give a little background, is a pastor, mm-hmm. and and so you know the the shame of mm-hmm. wow, okay, pastor's kid, you know, mm-hmm. pregnant out of wedlock, all that. Um, so there was that thought, and then the the other thought of okay, well, this person you've been seeing, um, finally is like okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna we are going to be together. This is going to be, you know, what it is, but we cannot have this child. Mm. And so I, yeah, I was in a really tough place and, you know, sadly I made the decision Mm -hmm. to terminate. Um, and that will forever go down for me Mm -hmm. as the worst decision Mm -hmm. of my life. I'll never, I'll never stop regretting that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because I know it was made out of fear Okay. And I, I know how <clears throat> deeply it impacted me um, afterwards because relationship, all the, all the things that were said really didn't happen after, <laughs> after mm-hmm. I had the abortion and mm-hmm. that was even more devastating, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. soul crushing, I, I would say. Right. So yeah, it was, so- tough. It was a tough season. I, and thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, it's on Instagram, so I'm sure that you're not trying to hide that, but it's still mm-hmm. sensitive to talk about, I'm sure. Um, so after the that relationship obviously turned into marriage, but what were <laughs> what were some of the harder parts? Because you know, so okay, so some people are hopeless romantics, and <laughs> they think that you know having sex is going to fix that romantic situation. Um, what was it for you that changed after the pregnancy that made you realize that maybe we need to, did you break up after that or did you guys remain in the situation? Well, that's the sad part is we weren't even officially together to begin with. Oh. It was one of those situations where, so my husband comes from a very strict, uh, you know, faith tradition. Okay. So you didn't have girlfriends. You had, mm. you had friends. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so okay. it's, it's crazy how 
a friend turns into like your fiance. Right. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, so like there was no title. It was sort of like we're talking, you know, it's understood, but nothing official. Mm-hmm. And so that didn't do well for me who has a history of just like wanting to find someone to like make me theirs. And mm-hmm. again, the hopeless romantic, mm-hmm. all of that stuff that we're fed and believe from like childhood and all of that. Um, so yeah, so, so we, you know, stop, no, sorry. He stopped talking to me after. Ooh. Yeah. It was really mm. bad. It was okay. very, very bad. Okay. So he stopped talking to me and then, um, you know, eventually because of the, the toxicity of the relationship, we eventually, began talking again because we were friends. We were good friends, Uh but then the dysfunction continued. Right. So it's like, you know, that went on until I finally realized, you know what, this guy is just not ready and I need to accept and embrace that this is not it for me. Mm. And then I, I, I cut him off and stopped taking calls. I let go of this idea of remaining friends with him And I just accepted the fact that if he decided that he doesn't want to be with me, it doesn't make him a bad person. It just means that he's not the one for me and I need to stop investing time. And so once I shut off all forms of communication, stop reading the text messages, stop reading, um, you know, I didn't answer the calls, all that kind of stuff. I I would stop arguing and fighting about it and and Mm -hmm. discussing it and having the same conversation. When I did that and he understood like, okay, she's, she's gone. um, It was at that point that he began to realize, okay, this, 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 this girl is going to actually, she's walked out of my life. And then he, you know, had to determine for himself if he was okay with that. And I guess when he determined that, no, I can't see my future without this person, then he began his own transformation, you know, and, you know, talking to his pastor, his parents, which ultimately ended up with him in a boardroom by himself with my father. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Talking about everything. Mm. And it was at that point that, that I decided, okay, I think I can give this person another try after hearing from my father. I think, I think he has a change has happened. I think you should give him another try. Okay. Um, and, and then that's how, yeah, how things kind of turned around for us. That's amazing. And I think that kind of goes back to the point of people have to find it within themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't tell somebody what they have to do because that's what you were doing. Okay. Yeah. You gotta be my, ba- we, you right. my man, you not my yeah. man. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> All of that. And all that of those work, exhausting right? conversations yeah. that go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, this just, I guess, drives home the point. Like, people are, have to want it in order to mm-hmm. change. But I'm so glad that you guys are now happily ever after 15 years strong. That's 15 amazing. years. Can you believe it? That's a lot. Four, years, four kids later. Mm-hmm. God. Oh it, well, I, and I don't, I don't make the mistake of thinking that it's because of what, because of him or because of me, it was a God thing. God mm-hmm. took a mess. Mm-hmm. He took what was 
absolute devastation. And he Mm. made Mm. this beautiful um, story out of it. And so that's, that's the God that I love and serve. And that's what he's doing in all of our lives. If we let him. Yeah, it's true. So true. Like, I mean, he, he gives beauty for ashes. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's what he does. He Mm -hmm. saves sinners. He brings the dead back to life. Like Mm -hmm. the broken things, he puts them back together. So it's amazing. I'm so like, every Mm -hmm. time I hear like these stories of like redemption and reconciliation, it's always so amazing. And it just reminds me of how awesome God is. And it's, I don't even know why I'm always so surprised by how Mm -hmm. good he is, but he's so good. He is. Um, he is. So would you say that you have a personal vision for your life? Mm, yes. Um, it's, it's, it's really simple. It's kind of okay. like, I just, I just want to allow God to do whatever it is that he, whatever good things that he has that he is assigned to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I believe that purpose is a simple thing, Mm -hmm. you know, if, so for the person who identifies as a believer and they're a follower of Christ, if, if you use the Bible as your roadmap for life, then I think that purpose is clearly outlined in there. Mm -hmm. We are here to, um, you know, please God, we're here to glorify God, we're here to serve God. And you can do that doing just about anything. Yeah. Um, And I think we often get caught up in what thing will I do? Mm -hmm. Um, Where I'm kind of like, no, 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 if I'm going to raise my children, it's going to be to the glory of God. If I am going to um, be in customer service, it's like, Jesus and me are in customer service. And when you interact (laughs) with me, it's a different kind of interaction that you have. If I'm going to be in law, if I'm going to be in politics, whatever it is. So I don't get so caught up in, I have to do this or I, you know, I can't do that. I'm Mm. open. And I think that that's what allows God to continue to um, kind of grow and evolve me and others, you know, I think the whole transformation of five talents into 10 comes when you take the limits off and you, and you recognize God can do anything. He can use you for just about anything. As long as you let him, like there's no thing that he cannot do in and through you. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, the vision is to please him Mm -hmm. and to just allow him access So if I'm thinking about um, an idea or a project or some innovative thing, I just allow, I, I, I allow my mind to go there. I think that's a part of my problem is I have a wild imagination. Mm. I feel like there's nothing anybody could do that could surprise me because I've already thought of it. Like (laughs) thought of every potential way that somebody could surprise me and do you know, a very, very creative mind. Mm. And I think that um, committing yourself and submitting yourself to seeing that play out is, is 
the beauty of, 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 of life. So it's not a, a really crystal clear cut. Like here's my plan on paper. Mm. Um, it's just like, I'm a girl who, who allowed God to use her to do mm. incredible things, period. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to be said at my funeral. Mm-hmm. Like she loved God. She let him into her life and look what he did with it. Mm-hmm. Period. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I love that. I love that because then you don't put limitations on what can be done through you, right? You're just open. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the same thing I say to my kids all the time. Whatever you do, hold on, I have to sneeze. (laughs) Bless you, bless you. you. Um, Whatever you do, whether you eat, you drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be a pastor to be serving Mm -hmm. God. You don't have to be doing a glamorous job. You could be a janitor, and do it to the glory of God. And you could be doing like something in front of everybody and doing it to the glory of God. It's just whatever it is that you do, do it mm-hmm. to the glory of God. Um, so how would you say that you find inspiration and encouragement for yourself? Because you encourage people so well. Like there have been times when I have watched your videos and I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, Colleen, for thinking about me today with this video that you made six weeks ago. <laughs> so oh, that blesses my heart. Though that is what motivates me. Really? That is what motivates me. Okay. Um, hearing those testimonies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Colleen, you were frantically second guessing yourself on a Wednesday afternoon. That's when I do my recordings. Yeah. Yeah. You were thinking and battling this idea that, you know, this is just dumb. This just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. You, 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 by the strength of God, you pushed through that pushed past those um, limiting beliefs and those mental, like, you know, you know, ruts that we find ourselves in. You pushed past that and you, 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 you delivered what it is that you had in your heart to deliver and God used that to bless somebody. Mm-hmm. That is what motivates me. Mm. Yeah. So I'm thankful. And, and I, and I do wrestle, I do struggle. Um, and, and God always sends someone in my DM, in a text message, in some other way, to say, thank you, Colleen, that that's exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the habit now, like trying to save those messages (laughs) so that I can go back to them and remind myself when I'm feeling like an idiot. And I feel Mm -hmm. like this just is so dumb. I need Mm -hmm. to stop this. I need to find something else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God just will let, will, will like pull me back and say, come on, girl, just let that flesh go, let that self-doubt go and just walk in the way that I have assigned you to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so true. This this thing they call content creation though, Mm -hmm. it's not easy or for the faint of heart, especially when you go into like the video side of things. Mm -hmm. Oh my. It's Mm -hmm. like, um, why am I saying this? Does mm-hmm. this even really make sense for them? And then it's true. God will always, always somebody, oh my gosh, girl, that's what I needed today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I can mm-hmm. keep doing this now. <laughs> I can keep doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, so what, um, what role has sisterhood or community played in your journey of, mm-hmm. of just your whole life, essentially? How, how mm-hmm. has community or sisterhood been an important part? Hmm. I would say community. Um, 
you know, plays a, a good role because that's where I'm able to, you know, let my hair down and be myself and find acceptance and a sense of belonging. Um, I think that I, I would say that I wrestle with sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an amazing sister, like mm-hmm. God bless me with that. So I'm so thankful. I probably wouldn't be where I am without her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, because she has, has led such an exemplary life and set the bar as far as walking and excellence. She's not perfect. Nobody is, Mm -hmm. but she's someone who I have looked up to and continue to look up to. And, and so knowing that I have that guide of saying, okay, Colleen, this is like, this is a way to walk and I can just follow in her, in her footsteps in that Mm -hmm. regard has has been a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like that sisterhood, I, I think there's something about, dynamics between women sometimes that get weird. Yeah. It gets weird yep. if you're not careful. And so, and sometimes it's not even like this is exactly what the person has done. Sometimes it's like stuff that you're even that you pick up on and you're like, why did she do that? Why did she say that? Or why didn't she do mm-hmm. this? Or why didn't mm-hmm. she? And so I have to be really careful. Sometimes when I find myself getting in my own head, mm-hmm. that's when I'll pick up the phone and I'll call that that sister and like rectify it. You know, Mm -hmm. so whatever Mm -hmm. things are going on in my mind that the enemy is making, you know, like sometimes making you feel like you're isolated, you're alone, nobody cares about you, they're not supporting you. Sometimes you just have a conversation with that person. It's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. They're, they're here. We're here. Like we're in this together. Like, you know, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So sister, I think is an ongoing, yeah, thing to work on. Mm. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Think about a time or one thing that you've struggled with in your life that you may or may not have overcome just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you would say to a woman in a similar situation, or even think about your younger self about mm-hmm. how to navigate the situation and why she shouldn't give up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say myself and any woman out there who is feeling discouraged, who's feeling disappointed in themselves or disappointed in the way that life is turning out. Don't give up just yet. You really only have one life. You know, this is what it is. I I believe that every experience you have been through, the good, the bad, the ugly, the experiences that have caused you to feel ashamed Um, cause you to feel like just, you know, embarrassed about your, your, your own actions. I believe that God can use every single one of those experiences Mm. to make something beautiful, a beautiful story. I don't think that we're here for ourselves. You know, if it was just, I'm, I'm, I am going to speak to believers at this point. I want to speak to those who believe that, your existence goes beyond just the here and the now. Mm -hmm. Okay. This experience of the here and the now we, we read in scripture. It's like, like a twinkling. It's like a, like a blink. Mm -hmm. It's a blip. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much more to who you are. And, and so this experience that we're here, uh, that we're there in now, it's not just about, you and your comfort and your ideals. 
it really is about how you can be used to support, encourage, push others that are around you. It's really a demonstration of how amazing God is. And so I would encourage uh, anyone hearing this, including myself, to just try to pull yourself out of your own head mm-hmm. and and be reminded that this is a story that that God is responsible for writing. And it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. There isn't anybody out there who is more special than you. Okay. They may on paper have more talents. Okay. Or may have more, you know, accolades. Um, but that doesn't make them more special mm. than you. You know, we are all uniquely created with value and worth. And there are great things inside of you. Um, so, so, so live a life that and, and walk in that, you know, allow that to affect your posture and your outlook, you know, just believe it. Even, even on the days that you do not feel it, it's okay. Feelings cannot be trusted half of the time. Okay. <laughs> They'll take mm-hmm. you on a roller coaster ride. So you mm-hmm. have to walk in truth, repeat it, say it, even when you don't feel it uh, and allow that truth to over time, um, you know, shift the feeling. So they are in agreement. Mm -hmm. I feel and agree with what is true. Um, That's what I would say. Um, Thank you for sharing that because full disclosure here, a lot of these questions that I ask, I ask them because I want to ask them (laughs) and (laughs) the the parting words of wisdom are usually for me. (laughs) And So like um, everything you just said was that spoke so deeply to me. So um, thank Mm. you for saying that. I'm very, very, very grateful to have had a chance to talk to you, Colleen. I just want you to now tell the listeners where they can find you because they're going to want to find you. So please give us all of your information on how they can get in touch with you, how they can follow you or all that good stuff. Um, so if, if anybody wants to uh, keep in touch or, or keep up with what um, I've got going on, you can just look up Colleen Blake Miller on um, Instagram. You can always just Google Colleen Blake Miller and you'll see tons of stuff. You'll see my website. It's my website. It's my name, ColleenBlakeMiller.com. Mm. And uh, you can send me an email if you if somebody wants to consider working with me professionally, then my the link to my online calendar is there. You can book yourself in for a consult and all that good stuff. I'd love to connect. I just want to um I say this, I say thank you like eight times before the show actually finishes, but thank you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a wonderful afternoon. Okay, you too. If you've made it this far, I want to say thank you. Why don't you screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram so I can say thank you to you in front of all of my friends. Um, Next week, I will be interviewing somebody that I absolutely look up to. She's a fellow podcaster. Uh, She hosts a show called the Sunday Jumpstart Show. 
Her name is Jessica Lauren. Listen, when I was interviewing her, I was basically fangirling because I love Jessica Lauren. She is the real deal. She helps goal getters ditch the excuses and make ish happen. Oh my gosh. Anyway, she talked to me about basically all the things about being a podcaster, being an entrepreneur, the hustle, like everything. So if you love Jessica, or if you don't even know her and you're going to be meeting her for the first time this week, I mean, next week, you will love her by the end of the episode. And before you go, sis, I just want to remind you that hard often comes before happy. Let's embrace those hard parts. They're going to move us forward. And please don't give up, even when it feels hard. Because one day you'll look back on this time and you will marvel at how much you've grown through it. You're still alive, which means there is a purpose and an assignment that you were created to accomplish. It may not feel like it right now, but sis, you're doing okay. Okay.